notice that everything you ever thought would make you happy ever after didn't? Ooh, me too. It turns out Sean Cassidy was not my soulmate. Orgasms only last a few seconds and money does not buy happiness. Hi, I'm Dr. Cheryl Fraser and welcome to Sex, Love and Elephants, the weekly podcast where we explore relationships, mind and the meaning of life. A place where you are normal if you feel like something's missing, even though you have it all. Because guess what? Happiness is an inside job. How do I know? Well, if a Buddhist nun and a sex expert had a baby, I'm it. I'm a psychologist, sex therapist, and author. I've meditated for 12 hours a day for months at a time. I've studied Tantra in Tibet, and I've taught for people like Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield, and helped thousands of couples reignite passion. My mission with a loving heart is to kick your ass off the couch and into awakening. And here's the secret. If you want to cultivate wild love that lasts, compassion and curiosity, and the superpower of being happy for no reason, first, you've got to meet your elephant. So let's go. Welcome, 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 Dr. Cheryl here. Welcome to Summer of Love, your top sex and love questions answered, me tackling the toughest problems that we experience, myself included, in long-term love. Today's question is a biggie. Dr. Cheryl, my partner and I are not compatible. Can this be fixed or are we doomed? Question mark. End quote. Okay, there's a little bit of backstory this couple also gave me. Essentially, she's a quiet, introverted kind of person. She feels her perfect weekend looks something like lazing in bed on Saturday morning, getting up, having breakfast together, going for a drive, going antiquing, hitting up some roadside stalls, maybe getting a bit of farm market produce, just exploring without agenda, without pressure, just her and her sweetheart, or even on her own with the dog riding shotgun. She's very happy with a quiet kind of Saturday. On a Sunday, she says her perfect Sunday involves laying in bed with the New York Times. Even though she's not American, she gets it at her local store and she loves to read the paper version of the New York Times. And if you've ever tackled that the way I have, that's a good three hour, four hour adventure, even if you're only reading the particular things that interest you. She likes to have ginger snaps and tea in bed and then get up around noon and have a quiet, beautiful day. Her partner is a bit different. Her partner, also a woman, is what one might call an extrovert. Let me define those really quick. We all think we know if we're an extrovert or an introvert, but I may blow your mind right now. Do you know the uh, rather foul-mouthed and, in my bias view, usually pretty hilarious comedian Amy Schumer? Amy Schumer is way out there, right? Uh, She's doing tampon commercials now. She's a stand-up comic. She does movies. She's done a, a pretty funny one with Goldie Hawn, another one called shipwrecked or wrecked, which is really funny. This may blow your mind, but clearly if I asked you, 
hey, is Amy Schumer an extrovert or an introvert? You'd say, she's an extrovert. She talks about her vulva and her periods and her birth experience and all sorts of filthy stuff about her life and hilarious stuff about her life on stage in front of thousands or tens of thousands or millions of people when it's her Netflix specials, etc. This is an extrovert. The woman's out there. She's out there to the point where it can make you feel uncomfortable. Well, I read an interview with Amy about a year or two ago where she said she's actually an introvert. And I agree. And here's why. The way that Amy Schumer draws her solace, the way she replenishes, according to this interview she gave anyway, she and I are not best buddies yet, but you never know. I'll invite her on the show as a guest. She's got lots to share about life, relationships, dating, and being in the public eye. Amy talked about after, say, she does a stand-up comedy set, maybe a sold-out arena or stadium or, or top comedy club, and she just, as we'd say up here, give her, <laughs> you know, I give her. She does not go out for drinks with the other comics. She does not go out even with a group of her close friends and have a boisterous meal after the high of a performance. What she does is she goes home. She's now married and has a child, but before that, when she was living solo, she would go home maybe read a book, have a bath, quiet time. So yes, she's a wildly, brilliantly extroverted personality and a very funny woman, but she's an introvert because the way she builds her reserves back up, where she draws replenishment from, where she draws strength from, what soothes her little soul is quiet and being alone or maybe with one close person. So you're thinking, oh, I didn't know that. Maybe I'm an extroverted introvert too. Now, this may surprise you or not if you know me a little better. I'm also an extroverted introvert. Clearly, I'm pretty extroverted. Look what I do for a living. I teach my online immersion program. I host this podcast. I write books. I am happy as heck to be on podcasts, on stage, on camera, very comfortable there. Enjoy the hell out of it. Love to give can be crazy. I hope I can be funny sometimes. I can be very deep. I hope I can share things that move you to tears and get you to think and also make you laugh out loud. But I draw my energy. I replenish in solitude or in quiet time or in hikes, long hikes in the forest with my dog and ideally my dog and my man. We have some of our best deep, long conversations hiking through the woods. I do not need a ton of people around. I am not. Come over to my place for a dinner party every Wednesday and Friday. I am not. Oh, I'm bored and restless. Let's find some friends to go out with. One of my best friends was up here for a week from California. Shout out to her just last week. We did a lot of hiking and she's a real trail avid person. So she has this app and she was finding me new trails in my area. I live in an incredibly beautiful place, south end of Vancouver Island. But I'm not, shall we say, skilled in the directional department, so I get lost really easily. So she was finding me new trails, taking me on new adventures, trails I could learn and then go on with my dogs, my hobby, etc. And she said, you know, Cheryl, what about joining a hiking group so you could go out with a bunch of people, get some connected time because you have such a solitary work and home life, and also learn some new trails? And I looked at her aghast and said, no, that's a nightmare. I don't want to go hiking with a bunch of chatty people. I talk to people deeply for a living and I love it. But to replenish, I want to be on those trails with my dog or with my sweetheart or with my best friend, not a group of people, no matter how spectacularly lovely they are. Even if it was Judy Dench and Amy Schumer and the Dalai Lama, well, if the Dalai Lama was there, I guess I'd go for a hike, but hear me here. Nothing's wrong with the person who sent me there 
summer of love, sex and love question. Dr. Cheryl, we're not compatible. Can you be in love and a good match and not compatible? Help. She's an introvert. No problemo. Partner sounds like an extrovert. Partner draws energy, as I described. Oh, I didn't yet. Partner, sorry, backstory. Partner draws energy from being around people, doing really active things. So their ideal weekend looks something like this. They'd get up early Saturday morning. They'd go out mountain biking with a crowd of friends. They'd have a blast. They'd, you know, push it hard and zoom around and talk and laugh and be boisterous. Probably go for lunch or a beer after. Be loud, talk and be boisterous. Come home, ideally sweep partner off the feet, have a great lovemaking session, and then do something in the evening, active, have a few friends over, have a barbecue, etc. Sunday, pretty much rinse and repeat. Not very compatible, right? Well, that all depends because here's my answer to the person who sent the question in and all of you who, oh my goodness, gasp of wonder, are partnered with someone who's different from you. I know, right? I mean, come on, whether you're a so-called extrovert or a so-called introvert, which are two kind of obvious ways to point out how we're really different as people. Maybe one of you is corporate, works on Wall Street or Young Street or wherever, money manager, and one of you is an artist who paints fairy paintings and sells them on eBay and Etsy, creates magic fairy doors that you leave in the woods. I saw some fairy doors in the woods last week. That's why that reference came up, walking the dogs in the forest, on a trail I hadn't been on before, uh, closer to a, a, a subdivision. And somebody has put magic fairy doors, like little doors. I don't know, maybe, I don't know, six, eight, 10 inches high that they've carved little doors. They've got little signs on. You can open them. There's something cute in there. So if you're a fairy door painter, bohemian artist, and your partner's, you know, him or her Wall Street, money, 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 you're incompatible, right? You're so bloody different. If one of you loves big family and one of you is very happy not hanging out with your family, you're incompatible, right? Wrong. Here's the answer to my beautiful person who said, my partner and I are so different. Introvert, extrovert, our idea of a perfect weekend is wildly different. We're really incompatible, right? What is compatibility? Can you be compatible and happy? pretty easy. Can you be incompatible and happy? Should you be with someone you're not compatible with? Here you go. Let's cut to the chase, the answers, the advice, the help, the training on this. Here is my view on being compatible or not compatible. It's in your head. It's in your head. Wait a second, Cheryl. We're literally very different people. What I like and what they like is very different. How we spend our time is very different. Even our some of our goals are very different. Here's what I mean. Compatibility is a choice. Compatibility is a behavior. Compatibility is up to the two of you. What are you focusing on? If you're focusing on, I'm alone all weekend, antiquing on my own, eating my ginger snaps in bed on my own. My partner doesn't give a hoot. She's out racing around on her mountain bike, partying with her friends, ignoring me. She doesn't care. We're so incompatible. You're in trouble. Sure. There's someone out there who likes antiquing and ginger snaps and reading the New York Times more than your chosen beloved does. There's also someone out there for her who loves mountain biking, boisterous barbecues, and pounding a few beers on the weekend, who's maybe more compatible in that one way. But the two of you can be rapturously happy, deeply in love, and have an extraordinary relationship, even if you are wildly different people. 
It's in your head. Let me explain that more deeply. Here's my description of a perfect weekend for the two of you, based on what you've told me, but your history and your background and what you like. I can tell from the way you wrote your question, there's a lot of love. I can tell from the way you wrote your question and what you shared with me that you don't want to break up, but you're fearful. It's a pretty reasonable fear, right? I'm so different from him or her. We really seem to enjoy different things. Maybe we're not compatible. I'd like to strike that compatible word from the dictionary, actually, but here we go. Here's a perfect weekend for the two of you. What if your weekend looks something like this? Your sweetheart gets up at 6 a.m. Saturday morning. She leaves you quietly snoozing in bed, gives you a soft kiss on the cheek before she leaves, leaves you a cup of tea on the bedside table with a note saying, I love you, babe. Should be back from biking around three o'clock. Let's spend the rest of the afternoon together. Have a wonderful time antiquing. And then you wake up and you smile. You reach for the cup of tea. What a sweetheart. What a thoughtful gesture. And you snuggle up with the dog for a while while you drink your tea. And then you get ready and you head off antiquing and driving around, meandering down quiet roads with your classical music on, enjoying the solitude and replenishing. Meanwhile, your partner's out pounding the trails as a mountain biker, yelling, screaming, hooting, hollering, falling down, not getting hurt, but skinning her knees, you know, being human. And meanwhile, she's telling her friends how great you are, how you're out doing your thing today, and she can't wait to see you later. And she tells them about the trip to France the two of you are planning this coming fall and how you've got kind of a mutual complementary plan where part of the time you're going to explore new things, go on some adventures, do some easier flat biking that works for the two of you, do some things that really work for a mountain bike wife. And the rest of the time, you're going to explore some galleries, do some artsy things that work for, you know, wife number one, wife number two. And she's bragging about the two of you and how you're so different, but you just have such a great relationship. You give each other space to be who you are. You give each other space to explore what lights you up and you don't have resentment or guilt or recrimination. You never pay attention to me because hear this, that's only the first part of Saturday. Then your sweetheart comes home all sweaty and covered in dirt and flushed and happy. You get home from antiquing with a little couple things in your backpack. You have a hug. Maybe you have a shower together. Maybe you make love. You settle in. You have a glass of wine. You talk about your days. And then depending on any random evening, you might have people over because more introverted person might be ready for a little bit of company tonight, but probably not 50 people pogoing to the sex pistols in your backyard, but maybe two, three other couples, a potluck, something easy where you can relax, put your feet up around the fire pit and enjoy some good conversation that kind of works for both of you. And then you go to bed, tired and snuggly, smooching each other's neck and saying, I love you, babe. Have a great sleep. You wake up Sunday morning and your partner hangs around for the first half hour of the morning, reads the comics, reads the sports news of your New York Times, shares their coffee while you drink your tea, and they brought you your favorite ginger snaps. After about half an hour or so, active, energetic persons ready to get up, go for a run. Good thing, because they'll take the dog too, and the dog won't be squirrely for the rest of the day. You lounge in bed, enjoying your paper and the rest of your ginger snaps, and then the two of you that afternoon go for a walk together. And that night, you snuggle in and watch one of those cool documentaries 
animated filmmaking that won the Oscar this year. And you're both in love and you're both happy and nobody's upset that you won't mountain bike with me. You're so boring or you don't come antiquing with me. You're no fun. And just before you go to bed Sunday night, your partner turns down their side of the bed and they see a little parcel on their pillow. This is mountain bike partner. And she's like, what the heck? And she opens it up and this super cool little crafted bicycle made of spare parts left over from machinery that you found in an antique store. And she glows because you were thinking of her while she was thinking of you. How's that sound, everybody? Is this couple incompatible? Should they break up? Should they not be together? It depends how we approach our differences. Let me repeat this maybe many times. The differences are not the problem. There's only a problem if we don't know how to approach our differences. Look, would you really want to marry or or commit to someone who's just like you? I tell you what, I wouldn't. I quite like who I am, who I'm growing into. I have a reasonable amount of self-respect and self-esteem because I try to walk my talk and be a decent, loving human being. And when I mess up, which I do all the time, I'm pretty good at owning it and apologizing and beginning again. All the things I teach in my immersion program for couples and all the things I teach on this podcast and elsewhere, or at least I try to. I wouldn't want to be with someone just like me. I happen to have chosen and am now married to, we've been together about nine years, In fact, it was nine years ago, our first date uh, this week. Someone who's much more introspective and quiet than I am in certain ways, who is not the put himself out there guy. He's not going to be on the dance floor being a fool with me and uh, various things. And he grounds me and I lift him up. He steadies me and I invite him out of his comfort zone to let go more. We're very different people to the point where a few people that have met me that know me professionally, like you all do, and maybe you come to a couple's retreat or you join the Become Passion program and you eventually meet my partner in some way in person or on screen or on Zoom, you think, wow, they seem like a bit of an odd couple. And we are. And we're really compatible in our differences because we are grown-ups and we're not looking for someone who loves everything we love. We can go to the theater or go mountain biking or I don't know, whatever crazy stuff we do with friends as well as each other. Your partner can't be your anything, everything, all the time. That's a very immature view of romantic love, that my partner's everything. They're going to be my best friend, my lover, my co-parent, my business partner, my entertainer, my solitude buddy, my crazy mountain bike buddy, etc., Focus on your mind and what your mind is telling you about the differences between the two of you. If your mind is saying this is a problem, it can become a big problem. You can break up over it and you can go find an antiquer, ginger snap eater, uh, New York Times reading partner, but they won't have all the qualities your current chosen crazy mountain bike chick has. They'll have different ones and some of them will be really quote unquote, compatible with you. Others won't be. Are you hearing the big picture? I hope you are. I hope we all are. We are happy or not happy in our mind. When we look at our relationship, when we look at our partner, seek and ye shall find what you focus on expands. If you focus on the ways we're, we're not compatible, if you focus on the big and small irritations and problems, you will fester a wound that can get bigger and bigger and lead to a breakup when maybe, maybe the two of you breaking up is a really 
bad idea because you have tons of good stuff. Well, there's a fairly obvious recommendation then. Can you work with your mind to focus on what's working more of the time? Now, you're all big ass grownups and you know I'm not suggesting ignore the problems. I'm a shrink. I'm a couples and sex expert. I help people try to improve their relationships. You absolutely need to focus on the things that really are problems. But I'm putting forward that the way I've described the perfect weekend for these two very different people, there is no problem. They both fill up their tanks in the ways that work for them. There's lots of connection, respect, and adoration. Busy, I fill myself up by being around a ton of people, gets a ton of people in this perfect weekend I've just created for you. I like solitude and I replenish in quietude. You get what you need, which gives you, ha ha ha, two filled up people to come back Saturday afternoon and make love, to enjoy a small barbecue party at your home Saturday evening, to share some hopes and dreams and plan the trip to France. I am a big fan of saying, don't change your mate, change your mind. I think it's the chapter title in one of the chapters in my book, Buddha's Bedroom. Don't change your mate, change your mind. That's pretty much the core of what I'm bringing to you today is that I can switch my mate out for someone who seems more compatible, i.e. has similar interests or job interests or a career to me. There's nothing wrong with that particularly. But what is wrong is ditching the person you have because you're different. Now, you're not dumb. So you know, there's some caveats to this. Of course, if the way you and your partner are incompatible is a deal breaker issue, for example, One of you wants to have a family, to have children, and the other one adamantly does not. That might be a deal breaker where you're, quote unquote, incompatible in a fundamental life value way. If one of you wants a monogamous commitment and the other one definitely does not, that may be such a big incompatibility that it is a deal breaker. But when we break up, because I want to mountain bike and you want to go antiquing, I'm going to put forward, and some of you might be a little grumpy at me, and you can write me and explain that, and I'll, I'll tackle those in a future episode. But I'm going to put forward, it's, it's immature and selfish to, oh, you're so different from me, even though we've been together for 11 years and so many things work. I want to be with someone who wants to have more fun. Define fun. This couple, with your France trip I've planned for you, are going to have a ton of fun meeting both sets of needs. You can be wildly happy with, as a dear friend of mine used to say years ago, you know, Cheryl, you just might fall in love with a one-eyed peg-legged dwarf and they're going to knock you on your ass and knock your socks off and you're going to be madly in love. Kind of a funny thing to say, but he was making a really good point. His point was, you might fall in love with someone so different from you, so different from what you think you want, so different from your soulmate list, so different from what you believe you need and want to make you happy, don't close your eyes to someone who's wildly different from you. It's how the two of you are together that matters. Do you create love? Do you create connection? Do you become passion? So that's what I want to say to you, and I hope it really helps. Write me back. Let me know how it goes for the two of you. And you've heard me mention a little bit today my Immersion Couples program. I'm offering it only once this year. We're going to open the doors in uh, early October. This is 2022. We'll close the doors around the 21st of October and we'll kick off a three-month journey together. This is an immersion couples program. I've had the deep pleasure to offer it 
four times already to the public, twice in 2021, twice in 2020, more than 300 couples have joined me in this incredible program. What do you get? You get eight weeks of a course curriculum. You get 10 weeks where I teach you live. I answer your questions live. I give you coaching on your unique issues. Many bonus classes with some of the industry leaders in topics like mindful sexuality, female sexual desire, the four predictors of divorce, and the seven predictors of healthy long-term relationship. If you're curious about that, I'm going to invite you to get on the wait list. It's absolutely no obligation, but hint, if you're on the wait list, you'll get some really cool goodies in the month of September. I'm going to offer a couple of Zoom free Q&A sessions to anyone on the wait list that wants to get your questions answered in a more personal way. I'm going to be sending you a few cute little goodies in the month of September. And you'll be the first to know, in fact, a day earlier than anyone else, when you can sign up for the free two-hour workshop online that I offer to teach you, to answer your questions, to teach you the passion triangle, the tenets of the program, and more. So if that seems intriguing, again, there's no obligation. You'll just get some cool free stuff and be the first to know if you think you might be ready. You might be willing. You might want to take a dive into a three-month journey to improve your passion triangle, your intimacy, your communication, your conflict resolution, your sense of thrill, being in love, getting the butterflies back, your compatibility challenges, moving them toward what I've shared with you today. And of course, your sensual and erotic life, moving from no sex at all to making love, moving from making love, but it's indifferent and what I call nipple, nipple, crotch, good night to something more rich and sustaining. I talked a bit about that in last week's controversial episode on taboo and domination and exploring uh, things. We don't talk about that a ton in the program, but you and your partner will be encouraged in some of the exercises I give you to explore some of those conversations together. So I'd love to see you in the free workshop. If nowhere else, I'll be offering those mid-October. Probably I'll offer it four or five times at different times for different people in different time zones. So are we compatible? It's all in your head. You're different, antique girl and crazy mountain bike girl, but you're absolutely compatible. If you work with the unique, startlingly wonderful differences between you and create, as I like to say, and like I teach in the program, create love that lasts a lifetime, which brings us to today's love bite. Are you ready? You can probably guess what it's going to be. Change your mind, not your mate. Compatibility is all in your head. Thank you so much. Join me next Monday for the next installment, Your Sex and Love Questions Answered on the Summer of Love on Sex, Love, and Elephants. Send me your question to hello at drcherylfraser.com and I may answer it on the air this summer or even this fall. Thank you so much. Stop thinking you're not compatible. Just show up, slow down, and be happy. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Sex, Love, and Elephants. But most of all, thank you for being part of this herd. 
If you enjoyed listening, please share this with a friend. And if you haven't already, I would love, love, love it if you would subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player because it really helps all the other elephants find us. If you have any questions or comments or maybe an idea for the show or you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me directly at drcherylfraser.com where you can also sign up for weekly Love Bites, science-based tips for creating love and passion that last a lifetime. Lifetime.